Welcome to the Long Hollow Group Leader Podcast. We believe that life change happens best in circles, not rows. And so whether we're talking about your life group, your D group, or your family, this resource exists to help you make disciples that make disciples. Hey, group leaders, I'm so glad that you're checking out this episode because that most likely means that you have already found our starter guide. And so if you haven't, you can check the show notes to see what I'm referring to. Um, And if you want to start a D group, we would love to talk to you about it. But most of you are checking out this episode because you want to start a D group and this is going to help you do that. So hopefully at this point, you have three to five people that you're going to do a D group with. You set the expectations of, man, we're going to meet weekly. It's going to be for an accelerated spiritual transformation. It's going to be, a, it's, it's hopefully the wheels are kind of already turning and you're about to enter your first week as a group. What we want to do with the D group starter guide is to give you a resource to walk through with your group to get it up and going. And so Mike, who is with me, uh, we are, the two of us are going to kind of help you each week as the leader prepare to lead uh, uh, that conversation for the first three weeks. And what we believe is if you follow this, your group is going to be in a much better place as you launch. So Mike, as you, as you look at this guide, why do you think this is going to be so important? If you were a D group leader, you know, you've started one without this. Can you, what would have been different if you had actually had this when you were starting your D groups in the past? Well, I think that one of the things that's most helpful about it is the fact that it's, uh, it's just, it's mapped out. So I'm a simple guy, right? So I like, uh, I like for someone to tell me, uh, at this point you need to be doing this thing. So, uh, what I love about the guide is that this is what we can use in our group to help it get started well so it increases the likelihood of success down the road. That's right. Yeah. And so I want to give us a scenario and then Mike and I will kind of walk you through it as in the what this first week could look like. And so the scenario, Mike, you pick the place. Where is this D group meeting? Where's our D group meeting? Uh, let's go with Starbucks. I'm a coffee guy. I love Starbucks. Let's go with Starbucks. Awesome. So Tuesday morning, we're having our first D group. It's at Starbucks. You as the leader, you want to bring this guide with you to it. You want to have one for each member. So if you got five people, bring five guides. And so if you were doing this digitally, you want to send this out and you want every single person to have this guide and to work through it together. So this isn't something that you just have as the leader and they listen to you. You engage with it together. So here we are, we're at Starbucks. If you're doing a digital one, you're at a digital Starbucks somehow. Um, and we are going through week one. And so what you need to know as the leader is that you're trying to accomplish three things in this meeting. The first is you want people to get to know one another. You want to build the relationships. The second thing is you want to set expectations for the group. And then lastly is you want to commit to one another for the time ahead. And so what we're going to do, we're going to walk through each one of these and we're going to kind of help you what it looks like to navigate this well. Uh, The first one is to get to know one another. And this essentially is just going to be asking questions, asking each person to share a little bit about themselves. If you look on page four of the guide, there's a couple of different examples um, sharing a two to three minute testimony. What are you most looking forward to in the group? Telling uh, tell us about your family, personal hobbies, work, 
Um, one thing you're excited or intrigued by right now. Um, Mike, what do you kind of foresee uh, in, in this? How, how would you help uh, make this a productive time that really we're wanting to take about half of the meeting. So if it's a 60 minute gathering, we want to do this about 30 minutes. So how, how would you help make this productive? Well, there's a couple of danger areas that we want to avoid. So, so specifically when we're sharing our testimonies, right? So we're saying each guy is going to share or gal, if you're leading a ladies group, um, each, each person is going to share a two to three minute version of their testimony. So uh, a potential issue is you have one person in the group that takes up the entire time with their testimony, um, or everybody in the group has shared their testimony in two to three minutes total, right? So either one right. is going to be a problem. Uh, so you want to make sure that if, if someone's not really opening up in terms of their testimony, uh, probing questions are what I find are helpful because a lot of people do struggle with how to share their story. So ask questions. If they are just super brief, hey, so I got saved when I was 10 and I've been in church my whole life. Next. Okay, yeah. well, all right, well, tell me about that. <laughs> you know? You know, let's get That's a little right. bit more information. We don't need your entire life story at this point, but let's get a little bit more information than just that. Um, yeah, that's good. And then when we're also talking about getting to know one another, this is just in general, this is a place where it's very easy to get bogged down and waste time. So, yes, we do yeah. want to get to know each other, uh, but we also have some other stuff to accomplish. So there was a term we used to use in the Army all the time. It, it was smoking and joking, right? We were wasting time. So we can get yeah. to the point to where you're just smoking and joking, and you got some more important stuff to get to. So don't get bogged in this time. Ask pointed questions if they're not opening up, and then don't be afraid to say, hey, you know, let's save some of that for next time. We need to hear from some of these other guys. Yeah, that's good. If you, you know, we joke sometimes uh, a, a way to make light of this is to actually have a timer and just say, okay, three minutes on the shot clock, go, oh, you know, um, and that kind of keeps it, uh, can, you know, keeps it confined where it doesn't go too long. And the thing I would tell you as a leader is this is not the only time where you're going to uh, be intentional about getting to know one another. Yeah. And so, you can don't feel like you've got to learn everything about this person. You've got, you've got 12 to 18 months with this person. You're, you're, you're good. You're going to have those opportunities. Um, what I would say is let them know on the front end, Hey, we're going to spend no more than X amount of minutes total on this. So as you share, make sure that you keep that in mind. And in the weeks ahead, some of the things that you're going to see, if you look at the note uh, at the bottom of page four, it gives a couple of different ways that you can continue to get to know one another in the weeks ahead, whether it's doing a personal testimony or it is doing our spiritual inventory uh, journey or the marks assessment. All of those are resources that we provide where if you feel like your group doesn't need or doesn't know one another yet and you need to build that, that relationship and trust more, those are going to be great resources in the weeks ahead. But for the first week, don't get try to keep it to no more than half the meeting because the second section is setting expectations. And this one is huge. Um, we joke a lot about this. If I were to ask you what, what comes to your mind when you think about football, um, everybody is going to have different a different image, a different thing that comes to mind. A lot of times it's going to be your favorite team or it maybe you don't know much about football, so you just think of an actual football. Um, or maybe if we were in Europe, they'd be thinking about soccer.
soccer, as we call it, or South America, they'd be thinking about soccer. And the point that we make with this uh, this uh, idea is that just because we say the same thing doesn't mean that we mean the same thing. And often you're going to have people who have said the word discipleship. They have been they have been in some type of discipleship environment before. And what their previous experience is, is going to set their expectation for this group. Mike, what? just go ahead and entertain us. What would be the problem with that? Well, if you got the wrong, you kind of hit on it a little bit. If people in the group have wrong expectations, then they're only going to be frustrated by the experience. So the, the reason we want to set those expectations uh, is because uh, discipleship is somewhat of an ambiguous term in church culture, right? So everybody has their own definition for it. Um, so when we're setting those expectations, uh, one, it allows them to understand exactly what it is you're doing, but then it also, it, it gives them an informed decision for what they're signing up for because, you know, the expectation is that we're doing these things. And if they don't understand what these things are at the beginning, how can they commit to it? So starting yeah. that group out on that strong foundation of everybody understanding exactly what they're going to be doing, when they're going to be meeting, what the expectations are with those meeting times is only going to set you up for success. And then when you have people down the road that maybe are struggling or you have to talk to them about a level of commitment, then you can always go back to that first meeting. It's like, hey, look, we talked about this, that we were going to be doing this and you committed to doing it. And, you know, let me help you get back on track so that we can get back to where we need to be. Yeah, no, I think that's so important. I, I love uh, Diedrich Bonhoeffer talks about this is that often when we come in with expectations um, is what happens is we end up missing the benefits of the group because it's not what we were expecting. And then we're frustrated because it isn't what we've experienced in the past. Yeah. And I think that's what you're saying. I mean, that's going to happen. And so that's why you really want to spend, I would say probably 20 minutes here really setting the expectations. And so I just want to walk through pages five and six, because this is super important. That image at the top is our D group DNA. And what it shows is that this group, the expectation is that every single person is going to weekly be doing these five disciplines, scripture, memory, Bible reading, hear journal, accountability, prayer. That is weekly what you're putting into your life. And then as you're doing that weekly and you gather together as a group, what will happen is in your life, the output, what will come out of it is the marks of a disciple missional, accountable, reproducible, communal, and scriptural. Below that, it, what we is what will we do? And that is essentially the five disciplines. That's what, hey, we're going to commit to this in the group. And then it's what will God do? And that's ultimately his word is going to begin to grow us and change us. See, the difference is and what we do in this process and what God does is we do the disciplines not, and that's not what grows us. That's not what makes us more like Jesus but it does create the space for the Holy Spirit to use God's word to grow us. And so then what will happen is you see the missional, accountable, reproducible, communal, and scriptural. Often the, the, probably the biggest question that we get is, what is the difference between missional and reproducible? Missional is our relationship with non-believers. It's evangelism driven. Reproducible is what is with believers. It's within the church. It's discipleship driven. 
And so, uh, Mike, why is it so important, this Marx element? Why is it so important for people to realize that that's what we're aiming for? That's the target that we have in this group. Well, one, it gives us something to aim at, right? So, yeah. Bro T, you know, one of the famous Bro T quotes, you know, if you aim at nothing, you hit it every time, right? So, uh, essentially what this is, is it is a metric or a scorecard that we can use to keep evaluating where are we strong and where are we weak. Uh, and if yeah. we don't have these kind of um, markers in our life to understand what the standard, and we talked about expectations, so you know what the expectation is, I can't gauge whether or not I'm winning or not. So how do yeah. we know what success looks like if we don't have something like this to say, okay, well, success looks like this. We're talking about the marks. Uh, and, you know, here we are. We're evaluating ourselves and each other. So we're going over these in the group as well because we can't always see where we're weak, right? We like uh, yeah. we offer ourselves a little bit more grace than we typically offer other people. Sure. Uh, so it is... It is evaluating them within the group and w with each other so that we can say, hey, so look, we're really struggling uh, in this area. Let's really dive down deep on this, you know, whatever that area is. But it gives us that target to aim for so we know if we're winning or not. Yeah, yeah, no, that's really good. And, and I think what is so good about that missional and reproducible piece is it shows that maturity it has both an inward and outward expression to it. You know, it's not just getting information and, and, and just learning, but it's, man, what are you doing with that? And often uh, people measure maturity and they don't have the right scorecard. This makes sure that you have the right scorecard when you're measuring, man, am I growing in my faith? And if all we're doing is growing with one another in the group and in the word, we're missing the element where we're called to not just be, uh, not to just be followers of Christ, but fisher of men. You're missing the element of Second Timothy two two, where we pass things on to faithful men. And so I love uh, I love that scorecard. I think it's really helpful, and you want people to understand the marks and how we will measure success in this group by these five things in our own life. What we'll commit to are the five disciplines, and then we'll hold each other accountable to that because we know as we do those disciplines, it will lead to the marks. So let's move now to the last piece of your first meeting. So if it's an hour long meeting, I'm spending the first 30 minutes getting to know one another. I'm spending 20 minutes setting expectations. I'm going to spend the final 10 minutes committing to one another. The way that we do that is through our D group covenant. This is super important. This is again saying, this is what you can expect from me as an individual in this group. This is what you know you're going to get from me on a regular basis, and you have the ability to encourage, challenge, call me out whenever I drift from it. And so this, again, just helps with clear expectations, setting a bar of commitment. And so if you look on page seven, it has a list of different things that we commit to. What you'll see is that it essentially is that we're going to have a posture to that we're going to grow in this time. Um, that we are going to spur one another on towards uh, Jesus and, and growing in our faith, that we're going to commit to the weekly disciplines. Um, it is that even when we miss attendance, so this is a, an important one, uh, even when we can't attend physically, we're going to share here journals and prayer requests uh, that will stay engaged. Uh, it's contributing to an atmosphere of confidentiality, honesty, and transparency. It's praying for one another and for those who don't know Jesus. 
And then it's praying to consider starting a D group whenever this one ends. And so those are the kind of the things that we're praying for in the covenant. Mike, what do you think in your experience as you've done this, what are the important things to really make sure your group knows? One thing that I think is important uh, to communicate to the people in the group is that this covenant is for the entire group, not just them. And me as the leader is just off the hook, right? So uh, we have to understand that we're signing this thing to, we're committing to doing this together. We're all doing it. Nobody's excluded from the process. They're holding me just as accountable as I'm holding them. This is, um, yes, I am leading the group, but we are doing this together as we are all trying to grow closer to the Lord in our love and knowledge of him. So I think that some people do have a tendency to feel like, well, man, I'm signing this covenant and I got to commit to all these things. You know, what's this guy doing? So it's, it's very important that you have that same covenant in front of you and you're signing it just like they are. No, I love that. I think the one that I go to is the making sure that we meet weekly. And again, if you're a digital group, you, it may always be in a digital format. If you're in a physical group, I think what is, is tempting is, well, I can't meet physically, therefore I don't need to do anything. But if you are meeting physically and you can't be there that week because life happens, you're sharing a hear journal and a prayer request. I think that, hey, we will commit to always engaging with one another once a week around our disciplines is huge because a lot of times people don't realize that how important that commitment is. That's the one that I probably pause the most and drill down deep on. And so that is the, that's, uh, that's kind of your first week. Those three movements, again, 30 minutes on getting to know one another, 20 minutes on setting expectations, 10 minutes on doing the covenant together, have them sign it. And there's no, this is, this is more symbolic than anything. I don't ever gather anything. I just, I, I give it to, they write it. And then we finish with prayer and we pray for the time ahead. We say, man, God, will you bless the months ahead as we commit to growing in our, in our relationship with you and with one another? And then the, what you want to finish with is, hey, for this week, you want to give some homework to the group. They can see it. It's at the bottom of page seven. You begin by saying, this is our reading plan that we're going to do. It's F260, NT260, and you get them starting reading it. So get everybody not just on the same reading plan, but on the same day. That's something that usually you're, you know before you go to the meeting what that's going to be, and you share it with them. And then you say, hey, y'all start reading this week in whatever it is, week four of the F260, or you may be on day one of week, or week one, day one of the NT260 get everybody on the same day, same plan, say start reading and look at page 11 and try to do your own here journal this week because next week that's what we're going to talk about. And so you're hoping that next week they all come with a here journal and you can begin to show them what that looks like. And so that's week one. Any final words of wisdom from Mike Anthony when it comes to starting your D group on week one? Uh, I would say patience is key. Because they might show up next week without a hear journal. Uh, so that's where we always say, you know, again, starting this out, setting those expectations. Uh, some of this stuff is going to be hard for the people in your group in terms of they've never done it before. It feels strange to them. So we always operate with a plus one mentality. You know, whatever you're doing right now, let's add one more thing this week and then come back next mm -hmm. week prepared with that one more thing. 
Yeah, that's so good. If they, if anybody gets intimidated by that with the covenant and say, man, I can't do all these here journals, everything, just say, hey, slow down. We're looking for progress. We want you to help to do plus one. And then just say, just give it a couple of weeks. Don't let anybody, their syllabus shock is a thing. And this happens here where, oh my gosh, I can't do this. Hey, just come back next week. Let's talk it through. Just try to do one here journal. Uh, that's so good, man. Um, well, that is week one of the Starter Guide. We hope this is helpful. Make sure you listen to Starter Guide week two um, before you jump into that conversation with your people. And we hope that this week is the start of an amazing uh, next 12 to 18 months together. Thank you for leading it. And we look forward to hearing how God uses you and your group in the days ahead. 